I don't. I, I I guess I hold my reservations about it. I mean, he came in against. I mean, it was still the Chiefs secondary that he did it against. Right. Um, let me grant it's, it's still an NFL secondary, but right. Um, and then the Texans game. I what? I can't remember what I was watching when I turned it off on the. It was a hard game to watch. That was a Texas yeah. game. Yeah, it was um, to the end. You know? Yeah, I mean he he didn't look. Right. Well, the whole offense didn't. Look. Well, I mean, in the third quarter, he had a spark too. Right. Right. But the I mean, first and second quarter wasn't. Yeah. You know. He's not getting. <laughs> he's not, look, man. Wait. I don't. I don't know who's putting on number twenty-seven for for the Jaguars. <laughs> I don't know. I don't That's know. another thing about it, though, bro. Like he doing this without a running game, dog. Literally doing it without. The dude that's supposed to be the powerhouse for the Jaguars offense, yeah, he doing it without that. I mean, like they, now, mean, go ahead, it, say what you were about to say. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna say who you who's to blame for it or whatever the case may be for the struggles with uh, Leonard. But go oh, ahead. It's, it's all this has always been Leonard's Fournette's problem, even back when he was playing the LSU, mm-hmm. where you know he faced a somewhat good defensive line, uh, uh, right, uh, linebackers, and he have a hard time picking the right hole. I mean, we saw it against. Um, when they play Alabama, right, where you know he was running all over Auburn, he was running all over you know whoever you put in front of him. Mm-hmm. You get in the big game, or you get against a semi-good defense. NFL caliber. Yeah, and he, I don't know what's, I don't know what's wrong with Fournette. Oh, I've always said it was a. Me and you went to the draft party. Yeah, yeah. Well, we heard something. We one day we might be able to say that. But yeah, <laughs> but that being said, but even but even even then, mm-hmm. this this ain't the same guy who was a couple years ago. This this is I don't, I don't know what's wrong with Fournette. I don't, like I said, I don't I don't know who's putting on his. I don't know if he's letting his younger brother Lanner. Yeah, Lanner Fournette. I don't know if he's letting him play. I don't know, if, you know, if Greg Jones and knocked out Leonard Fournette. <laughs> And, you know, you he know put, Greg on the, the coaching staff too. Like yeah. he need to go. He he might need to have that talk with him. Greg might need to have that talk. Um, I don't I don't know if it's uh it's uh, it's Peyton Hillis with a dark tan. I I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand it, Jay. I, you, bro, you ain't the only one. It baffles me. It yeah. baffles me. Yeah, and you know how I felt about taking Leonard Fournette with that top five pick. I didn't want that. Yeah. But it's on video. Yeah. The moment they made that pick, I said, no, no, no. And it wasn't just because of, you know what I'm saying, you not t- the, the whole perception that you're not supposed to take a running back that high. It wasn't just because of that. Right. It was because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. When he played the elite teams, he struggled, mm-hmm. you know. And we're seeing that now. Now, granted, I will say this now. Our offensive line has been terrible at run blocking. But there are things that you see with Leonard Fournette that he can control is what I'm saying that – Warrant that that shows that he's not a top five pick. Basically, what you said, you know, it was a, for example in that game, that Texans game, he got in a one on one matchup with his former teammate Tashawn Gibson. He got to the second level, got to the to the safety Tashawn Gibson, and everybody's thinking like he should run this young man over. Mm-hmm. He didn't run him over, bro. He Tashawn Gibson, the free safety, made a tackle on him on the open field. If Leonard Fournette gets past him, that's a that's a score. Mm-hmm. That's a score. And aside from that sixty four yard, sixty two yard run in, against the Titans. It ain't been overly impressive. And, again, like, the offensive line isn't giving him the chances, but at the same time, he's not a guy that's going to create it's opportunities. A bad, it's a bad combination, bro. It's terrible. It's a very bad combination. It's terrible, man. And now you got a rookie out there having to throw 25 passes a game. 
<laughs> like you know like at some point like you can't keep going by that recipe at yeah, some point I, you like know that's, that's the only thing like i don't know how long you know that can last from right. him throwing i mean of course i don't want to say like his accuracy is going to go out the window or whatever right. but there's only so many spectacular catches that they can make week to week mm. and keep a team afloat that's all i'm saying like it right. just it's, it's not a good it's not a it's not a good recipe for running for a rookie quarterback when you can't run the ball. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't never want to put a rookie in that position. Yeah. But again, like I said, with Gardner though, I do like where his ball placement is being. That's yeah. something that won't change. You know, unless he just magically lose his talent. That's something that is not going to change. I like that. Um, again, he don't have the strongest arm, but he can't control yeah. that. He knows his limitations. And uh, again, I mean, then obviously. He's a hit in the box office, obviously, yeah. man. Like you got folks rocking <laughs> mustaches <Yeah>. and aviators <laughs> and junk. You got the commercial with Uncle Rico they gonna do, uh, or the segment with Uncle Rico they gonna do tomorrow on uh, game plan. Uh, shout outs to eighty one hundred three clothing and Mark Braddock. But yeah, man, you're right. Like you gotta wonder, like it's not having Leonard Fournette gonna catch up with Gardner Minshew uh, down the road, but um. We'll see. I guess yeah. we'll see, man. It's it's disappointing though. Yeah. It certainly is disappointing. Uh so yeah, we're gonna mosey on into the podcast here. Uh Josh wanted to talk about Cam Newton's injury. Uh as it was recently revealed. Uh Josh was telling me about this. I haven't even read up on it, but uh so he has a Liz Frank injury, but uh basically he hasn't been notifying the trainers of how severe it is. So yeah, if you would just go into details on it. Well, I've heard I heard the story about a couple of days ago about how he kind of basically hid the severity of the injury from his trainers, from his mm-hmm. coaches, from his team, I guess. Right. You know, this is a very common thing in, in football. You know, a guy not going to let you know how hurt he really is, especially, you know, those guys that's got that hunger to just go out there on the right. field no matter how hurt they are. In a way, you want those players, in a way. But you yeah. want to know how yeah. bad they because you don't want it to get worse but yeah you want those guys that have that heart that ain't just doing it for money right you know so what I'm saying? i guess i'll break down the story as we all know um cam hurt his foot in preseason week three mm-hmm. um so you know they took him out for the rest of the game you know precautionary right. you know let him get a whole another week off and let him rehab and all that right. you know to see where he is week one I was watch, I watched the his YouTube video, which you know, by the way, you should watch the YouTube page. He's got some really uh, interesting videos on there. Um, Talking about Cam Newton. Yeah, he's got. Bro, he's funny as hell, bro. <laughs> he he got, is hilarious, bro. Uh, yeah, he's got. He has. He has his own YouTube page. Um, where he's talking about, you know, it gives him give you a behind the scenes where he's talking about, you know, how he's feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, he's got his whole summer workout thing on there, and you know things he's done over the off season, like right. his. Um, his his decision to go vegan and you know what it's done for his body and I, and I can tell the difference in um you know how lean he's gotten mm-hmm. in his in his body frame but the story is like well like I said he hurt his uh foot pre uh, preseason week three and like he he said he woke up the game week um and he couldn't run on his foot. And he thought, you know, by the time he thought, you know, he give him a give him a couple of weeks to heal. You right. know, he was he was I could, he was trying to push it to, to play week one. He's like, I gotta play week one. I gotta play week one. I gotta be out there. And he said he couldn't run on it. He said he, he said he couldn't put pressure on it. What which you find a picture of? I don't know which foot it is, but mm-hmm. um, 
and that if you can't run on it, I mean that's part of that's part of Cam's that's a big part of Cam's game. That's true. You know, whether not just so much running the football, but you know, being mobile in the pocket at all. Right. I'm trying um, to see which foot it is. So I mean that's that's people on Twitter and people that, you know, all the news sites were asking, you know, what's wrong with Cam? You know, he's not playing with the same joy. He's not playing with the same fire and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that explains a lot. I mean, you say. It's his left foot. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's his left foot, according to the Carolina Observer. Right. So, hey, for those who don't know, like, what it, I mean, like, me and Josh ain't freaking <laughs> doctors or whatever. Um <laughs> Even though you didn't told me some funny stories about y'all <laughs> at ASU, man, but uh, we're not exactly doctors. But I do know I've I've heard of a, of a uh, you know covering the NFL. I heard of a Liz Frank injury on multiple occasions. But the two most notable was Corey Grant last year, running back, uh, who's no longer with the Jazz. They IR'd him, right? Um, so that I guess that show you how severe that is, and mm-hmm. he didn't come back. I forgot what week it was. It had to be like week five, six, or seven. Uh, then Maurice Jones-Drew, if I recall, had it when he was with the Jaguars. If I can recall, he played on it, but it was obvious something was wrong with him, if I can recall correctly. But it's a midfoot mm-hmm. injury. And to put that in perspective, like Josh said, for a quarterback that uses his feet as much as Cam does, and then, like, you have to – well, Cam's right-handed, so he don't have to necessarily plant off his left foot. But still, like, it, that hinders him tremendously. Like, having a midfoot injury – for a quarterback, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. very big deal, especially if it, you know, if it's severe as some of these cases that need to be, where you have to be IR, then he's still playing on it. Mm-hmm. And I was reading that like people don't know if he'll play another game, you know. Well, that, not, yeah. not not in terms of his career. I mean, twenty nineteen. Oh, like, I don't, I don't think it's that serious. He mm-hmm. uh, he said in his YouTube video, he said, you know, the max would be, you know, four to six weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it, he's got one of the injuries that he's just got to let it heal over time. Right. And he's got, you know, rehab it the right way, and, right. you know, he'll be back out there. So, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's that, that severe. Okay. It's that severe where he'll be out for the, you know, right. remainder of the season. And also he cleared up another thing about, you know, people – some people were blaming it on his, uh, you know, he – His shoulder. Yeah, he had permanent shoulder. Uh, right. Well, first he had temporary – Shoulder surgery mm-hmm. is to see if it was a temporary. Is to see if the temporary fix would help, and it didn't. So he went back and had permanent, permanent so, shoulder surgery, and he said he fixed it. And he said he did all the rehab and everything. Right. And That's what he spent this summer. Like you know, everybody was making a big deal of that. This summer. Yeah, he's Why got he a, missed the preseason and all of that. Yeah, he's got a new throwing motion and all that. He said none of that affected what he was trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, on the field and while he was playing, and it. it, it it did seem flat. I didn't get a chance to see the Rams game, but I did watch the one where they were playing the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and it definitely didn't look like the cam. I, I'm used to seeing out there on the field. You know, he's right. smiling, he's running around, and dancing. Yeah, he's doing Fine everything. Folks up. Yeah, it did, it did look like that same cam. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of hard to, I guess, check his demeanor like on the field because sometimes you know he is having fun, but. And sometimes he's serious too, yeah. but that don't mean he can't be effective. Right? You saying, yeah, he could be effective both ways. Yeah. He could be dialed in, Cam, and effective, and yeah. he could be dancing and jolly, Cam, and still be effective. Yeah. Too. So he, it's hard to tell with him. But like I said, it's on his YouTube page. Uh, he said the foot injury was so not not so much that that it was you know he couldn't walk on it, but it was hurting him so bad that. 
you know, he didn't want anybody to touch it or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're not, you got to stand in the pocket. You know, you got guys right. diving at your ankles or whatever. I mean. Right. It, and that's, that's a bad position to be in. Yeah, too, just said, he just said it put him in a, a different mind state and it didn't allow him to be effective as he wanted to be. So, right. I mean, foot, foot injuries in general, whether it be in football or basketball, like I remember even before all this, back when KD was on the Thunder, I mean, he had a foot injury that kept him out for the whole or well, most of the season and Thunder missed the playoffs. Right. Um, what's it? It's called plantar uh, fasciitis. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's what KD had, but uh, Joe Kim Noah had it, and it, it hindered him for a lot of years. Where I it's remember just, that. It feels like a um, feels like the bottom of your foot is on fire. Right. Yeah, it's just a foot injuries and nothing to play with, man. Especially. Well, of course, in basketball, you're using them all the time. But like I said, for Cam, it's it's yeah, it's a big part of his game, man. So I can't, and that's something like I really can't relate. But I ain't never really have when I played high school football. That was the only like level I played it. I ain't have feet or like foot injuries, like ankle. The only thing I had was like wrist, and you know that was it. Wrist and hand. I had one in uh, like my eighth grade year when I was playing with the Hurricanes traveling team. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a, it's a. I stepped in the hole, man. It's the worst feeling in the world because you don't know, you really can't tell which what part of the foot is is actually hurt, but you you just know that you can't run on it and it, it affects everything, man. I do, now that I think about it, I did have one injury, but it happened during we weren't. It was off season. Right. Coop, shout outs to Shaw Cooper, man. Coop stepped on my toe one time, full speed with cleats. And uh, my big toe on my right foot. Yeah. We were playing flag football. Mm-hmm. And I instantly went down. Like, he was like, oh, God. Like, bro, what's up? What's up, what's up bro? I was like, oh, good. I'm good. <laughs> Played on it. I looked at it that night. And it was all black. Mm-hmm. Blood clot. You know? Yeah. Next day, it fell off. I, I, ain't want, I mean, that's probably going to freak some people out. Whole thing fell off. It hurt like hell. To so I told now, right? Not yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I told them. Hurt like hell to walk on it. I'm going to school with a limp. Like, folks, like, did Jay get shot? What the fuck wrong with Jay? Like, this, that, and the other. But, uh, I mean, yeah, so, I, I mean, that, yeah, like, it, it would seem like every little, like, if it's a somewhat severe, every little, you know, because you walk daily. Like, it's a yeah. daily part of your life. And then in football, this is especially a daily part of your activity. So, like every little, you know, if it's severe enough, every little activity that you use your foot for, you probably gonna feel it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, interesting. Everything to say the from least. everything from his drop back to like yeah. I said, moving around the pocket. I mean, just anything, man. Yeah. So I mean, he plays. Um, they play. Who is it? They play this week. I know Allen's starting this week. Whoever they play, they play oh, us the week after. It's um. I can't remember now. Let me see. It, it's the Texans. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's at Houston at that. Yeah, because they play in the AFC South this year. Right. Uh. So and they play us next after that. So um. You know, that's some that'll be something I'll be monitoring this Cam Newton situation. Then he probably won't. I mean, just based off of what we know and feel like we know, he probably won't be back. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Um. But Allen has played okay in his spot. Uh, well, he played great against the Cardinals. Yeah, so he put up we, thirty-eight points. They played. Yeah, part of that. He part of that that movement, man, yeah. with Gardner and and uh, Danny Dimes, man. That's, by the way, I forgot. Shout outs to Gardner for winning the second Rookie of the Week award <laughs> for the second time this month. Uh, that was pretty dope to see. Uh, but yeah, 
he's a part of that movement right now that mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of veterans injured and now a lot of young guys have had to come in and do their things. So uh, the last topic at hand, we're almost at the hour mark here. We're closing in on it. Um, we're going to talk about is the Jalen Ramsey situation again. Like I said, the Jaguars have kept me busy a lot this year between this and Gardner Minshew. Uh, so real quick, Josh, I want to know uh, what's your thoughts on that situation, how it's unfolded, and what you think should be a solution. Well, the solution is, you know, just give him what he wants. He wants to be traded. It's, it, 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 he's made it clear that he wants to be traded, and it, it looks like he's not moving from that position. But right. I will say that I knew from – I mean, we both watched the Texas game. I will say <laughs> once I saw the interaction, I was like, well – Unless, unless they sit down and have a powwow, you know, maybe it was just an overreaction by Marone mm-hmm. or whatever. Maybe it was an overreaction by Jalen. But I knew once that situation, you know, it kept going on for like what, a couple series or something like that. Uh, well, I don't know. Like it just, I feel like that situation just looked bad on TV. Yeah. But I don't really that, and I'll talk about that. But you can go ahead. But I don't really think they had nothing to do with it. It really to me like I don't. We see it happen all the time, really. Like, Tom Brady do that shit all the time. But, look, man, Doug Marone, I said this on Twitter, Doug Marone from the Bronx, okay? Yeah. The the shove, now, granted, Jalen Ramsey has no business putting his hands on the coach, albeit it was a light shove. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be putting your hands on the coach. A coach don't need to put his hands on you. Right. That being said, I think Doug Marone, with him being from the Bronx, like, the blow-up didn't really bother him that much. Like, he was like, yeah, at the time, he was like, yeah. They mad at each other. Mm-hmm. And then, but as a head coach, like, you got to get right back into the game. You can't hamper on that. And the same with Jalen. It didn't really, like, it. the moment happened, they were past it. And you could tell Jalen was past it because he shutting up Hopkins down to less than 50 yards and a touch. He didn't even have a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, like, they didn't let that linger. But I'm, what I'm saying is that situation, upon looking at it, and when it first happened on camera, it looked bad. But mm-hmm. I really can't believe that him and Doug Marone – or past that, and really did patch it up as we saw in Thursday night football. Well, I, I don't think it's that. I'll say that. Well, I wasn't saying it was that. I mean, like, but, I'm saying it led to the thing with him and Coughlin. Right. Yeah, right. That, that's that, exactly that, what sound it sounded like. That, that's what I meant. Like it. Right. That situation that sparked it. That situation led to whatever him, whatever conversation him and Coughlin had. Right. Well, well, he said it was, I guess, disrespect on both sides, or whether it came from the front office, or. Yeah, and uh, what, according to Jake Glazer, it went south. That's how he put it. Yeah. So, like, well, nothing good came from that conversation. Right. Bottom line is, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just – I didn't think Ramsey would – I didn't think the situation would come to this. I Like, I don't I don't follow the Jaguars that close, but mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's been brewing. But I, I said this on Twitter. Jalen's probably been unhappy ever since – well, I don't want to say unhappy, but he's probably had – I don't want to say inklings are getting traded either, but uh, he's probably been disagreements with whether it be the coaches or the front office since the AFC Championship game. Right. Um, Maybe even farther than that. Yeah. So I don't uh, – I think it, it may have been a long time coming. It probably just came to a head. At, yeah, I mean, like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head uh, that it's probably something that's been brewing – I yeah. know – I think it was even before they went to the playoffs, uh, he voiced his opinion about uh, 
with Todd Wash, that's the defensive coordinator, about how they're utilizing the scheme. Mm-hmm. He feels like they use too much. I mean, he ain't the only one. Tashawn Gibson said it as well, who we already talked on in this podcast. Uh, but they didn't like how they were being utilized. It was a lot of zone. They they, they prefer man. They feel like they're talented enough to play more man than they do. Yeah. So that's always been a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's more so – It the really the bulk of this is Jalen and Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. That's the bulk of it. You know, I think Jalen could probably live with not being in man coverage as much as he wants to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it could, that's not really – sure, yeah, it frustrates him. But, you know, as long as you winning, like, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, but that's the that's the other part. It's, it's tough when – You ain't winning. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's another thing that why this thing has reared his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, but I think it's more so Tom Coughlin. Jalen Ramsey not liking Tom Coughlin. And I personally have voiced my displeasure with Tom Coughlin and how he's managed the team. Um, I, I personally don't think he's – the best front office guy as some of the other fans believe he is personally. And I've had that conversation on Twitter. It's, people could check that out as well, but uh, I don't even need to really go into details about it, but it goes down. Look, man, Tom Coughlin, very old, you know, Tom Coughlin from you, your giants fan, mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin, very old school, no nonsense guy. Jalen Ramsey flamboyant talks a lot. He's very reminiscent of the new school. You got new school, old school. You got two clashing personalities that's on the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. that have clashed. I mean, Michael Strahan has ever even said it. He had to have that conversation with Tom Coughlin to ease up a little bit as a coach. When they had that conversation, that's when the New York Giants went on to win, what, a super two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that conversation had to be had. I don't know if that conversation can be had with Jalen Ramsey because this has gone so far south that the two just can't stand each other. So all of that said, Tom Coughlin, uh, it all started probably, well, it probably started the moment Tom Coughlin became the executive for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I think like more so it probably started when Tom Coughlin called out Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith for not being at voluntary uh, workouts. Mm -hmm. You know, Jalen always does his thing. He goes with his father in Tennessee and he works out with his father and, you know, like, the thing about it is, like, we nobody never questioned when Jalen is away from the team during the voluntary stages. Everybody know he's working hard. Mm-hmm. He's one of the hardest workers you'll find. But Tom Coughlin is so old school, he feels like, as he said in that press conference, everybody should be here. Telvin Smith should be here. Well, he didn't say that name directly, but those were the only two absent. Mm-hmm. It had to be them. And as we all know, Telvin Smith didn't return because he ultimately retired for the year, at least. We don't know if he'll ever come back. But, yeah, that's that's a whole nother thing right there that we could talk on. But, yeah, but that probably irritated Jalen. Yeah. You're calling me out in front of the public. That irritated. And he's a guy that – another thing about Jalen is he – I'll say this now. Like, he doesn't have the strongest maturity. And since little things like that could irritate him and, and linger more than it would with your typical everyday person that will just blow it off and be like, oh, that old man just talking. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Mm-hmm. So with Jalen, it's probably something that's been wearing on his mind as well. And then, yeah, this situation that we just talked about with Marone, uh, they get in the locker room. So let, um, according to Michael Duraco, who covers the Jazz for ESPN, uh, he was in the locker room after that game. He said the atmosphere was very, you know, as you would expect for a team that just lost a division game. And when nobody was too happy in that, mm-hmm. in that particular situation. He also mentioned that, Jalen, and again, this is from Michael DeRocco. He said this on 1010XL Radio. Jalen, uh, people approached Jalen 
asking him, you know, are you going to you know, say some words? You're going to do an interview or whatever the case may be uh, about how the game went. He was upset, and he kind of went off on some people, from, according to DeRocco. He went off on uh, a reporter, Gene Fernet from the Florida Times Union, and he also went off on, according to DeRocco, if I can recall, it's the PR guy, Ch- Tad Dickman. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're the PR guy, it's your job to find out, like, hey, you, you going to do this interview or, like, what's your status after the game? Like, do you want to talk to these people or you need to talk? That's your job, literally. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to conduct interviews. Uh, so uh, Jalen supposedly got snappy with him, too. So that led Tom Coughlin to get involved with, I guess, seeing him kind of be, like, I don't want to say disrespectful to people, but Tom Coughlin got involved after seeing how he was going off on people. The issue with that is that's mismanagement. It's not Tom Coughlin's job to jump in on that because Tom Coughlin is not the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Marone is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where Jalen probably felt he overstepped his bounds. You're a front office executive. If anybody's supposed to say anything to me, it's Doug Marone. And if Tom Coughlin has a problem with that, he needs to go to Doug Marone and say, hey, you need to address that. He's being disrespectful or he's being rude to media members. You need to talk to him about that. That's where I have a problem with Tom Coughlin that in this situation is. And it's it's like you see this throughout this whole thing since Tom Coughlin has been there. Sometimes they feel like he's overstepping his bounds and doing the coach's job when his job is to be in the front office. And that's why I say he's kind of mismanaged this situation. So I said all of that to say this. Nobody is clean in this situation. Jalen ain't clean because he obviously, like I said, the maturity hasn't been there at times to handle situations Tom Coughlin and the front office aren't in the they aren't clean either because they should have taken care of Jalen financially before this situation anyway. Now it's to the point where it's it's not even about money. It's not about money. It's about a fractured relationship. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey know he'll get paid eventually. We all know that. The world know that. It's no longer about that. It's about the relationship between Tom Coughlin and Jalen Ramsey. And he doesn't want to be a part of that team, in my opinion, so long as Tom Coughlin is a part of that team. And that, for therefore, has made, a, I think, an atmosphere that I think if you're shot, you have to blow the whole thing up. And what I mean by that is you need to get rid of your front office for mismanagement. And I'm not just talking about the Jalen Ramsey situation. They also haven't paid Yannick Ngakwe. They also spent a lot of money in, in, in the salary cap recklessly on people that aren't good, like Josh Norwell or Andrew Norwell, who was the highest paid guard in football when they paid him. And he hasn't done squat for him. We just talked about how Leonard Fournette getting busted in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Hasn't looked all that well. So they need to be fired. Him, Tom Coughlin, and Dave Caldwell need to be fired for mismanagement. And they probably need to part ways with Jalen Ramsey as well. I guess part ways with him because he's at the point where he ain't trying to hear it no more. He just wants out. So it's it's beyond repair with him. So you, you might have to just cut your losses and do what you have to do with him. But um, the only issue here is the Jaguars want two first-round picks for him. And I'm going to wrap this up because it's getting kind of long. But they want two first-round picks for him. And I don't blame him. I absolutely – here you have this guy that's under the age of 24, 25, all pro once, multiple-time pro bowler. You shouldn't want to come up off of him easily. Mm-hmm. And teams shouldn't expect you to want to come off of him easily either. He's a generational talent. He should cost you two first-round picks if you want him. And Jalen has to live with that. He's skyrocketed his status so high to where the price on him is high and it should be high. And anybody's not just going to pick up that tab and take you. Yeah. That's the problem with wanting to be traded. 
you're such a good player that anybody can't just have you and anybody's not going to give up two first round picks for you. Well, there's a couple of things. I don't, who's to say Coughlin and Marone haven't already had that discussion of what, you know, of, um, Right. You know, what they're going to do with Jalen and, you know, either Marone's not doing his job or either Marone don't want to do his job or you feel like he doesn't have to or, you know, maybe Coughlin's, you know, stepping in before even Marone gets the chance or anyways, um, I don't think they're going to get rid of Coughlin. I think it would be a, I don't know if they can, I don't know who else they're going to get if, if they get rid of Coughlin. I mean, I know they can replace Marone, but. I mean, it, I don't think it would be a good idea at this point. To I mean, have this for food. But I thought about that, too. Um, and Coughlin, clearly, I mean, that, we can't take this away from him. He loves Jacksonville. Right. He wanted to do the best thing for them. He want, he wants the Jaguars to flourish. That's why he's there. Right. Make no mistake about that. But there are some pieces in place to if you fire Coughlin already, this team is more appealing than any other thing. And this is the point I made on Twitter then. Any other probably opening job you have, for example, the Cardinals job or one of these teams that's a losing franchise that uh, will have a front office opening soon. I don't just think of the most terrible team you could think of that might fire their front office. But here in Jacksonville uh, with the Jaguars, you have a situation where any candidate that you're reaching out to or, you know, having interviews with, this is the offer you have for them. Mm-hmm. We got two franchise pass rushers that's dirt cheap right now. And that's Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe, both on their rookie deals. You ain't going to find that in no other situation in the NFL in terms of if somebody needs a, a front office personnel, they, chances are they are the cupboard is bare. It is. It is what it is. Miles Jack is on the contract. You have all of these young defensive pieces that you won't have elsewhere. You're going to be walking into a fairly decent situation. You might have who to say, you know, we don't know this yet, but you might have Gardner Minshew still playing good. You might have a a, a quarterback that's playing decent football mm-hmm. for all you know. Uh, you you also have a veteran in Nick Foles who they can't cut ties with, obviously, yet unless they trade him. You got a veteran, you know, so that's a better situation than one of these, these teams that's just rebuilding from scratch like Miami is doing right now. Mm-hmm. That's why you can fire him. Because what you have available is better than what everybody else have that would be looking for somebody in the front office. But that's that's just how I see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, other than Tom Coughlin, I mean, who have you guys attracted to come be in the front office? See, I mean, who was before? Uh, Coughlin. It was I Caldwell that's with him now. Yeah. But he just basically they demoted Caldwell to like he's just solely general manager. Right. And Coughlin has final say in mm-hmm. everything basically. So it was Caldwell running the show before he came from the Falcons, mm-hmm. by the way. But um I mean like I guess you gotta to answer that question, you gotta look more so look at who's the next candidate up for like it's just like a head coach's search. You just look at whatever head coach is next to be in line for a job. So I don't know uh Borgazi from the, the Chiefs tree, the scout that's with the Chiefs or he's like some he's an executive with the Chiefs. He's due for a job like that, um, Dobbs, who's behind um, the GM with the Colts, what's his name? We talk about it all the time. Frank Wright. Yeah, with Frank Wright, Dobbs, maybe. You know, like, it's just who who's the more popping front office at the moment? I mean, and I, I could see, like, somebody being appealed by that. Like, you mean to tell me I'm going to come into a situation where I got my franchise pass rushers dirt cheap. They're going to have to pay Yannick, by the way, dirt cheap. And I got a, a quarterback that's on his rookie deal, and not just any rookie deal, a six-round pick deal, dirt cheap. 
this is something I could build with as opposed to going to somebody like the Dolphins where I got to start from scratch. They ain't even got a quarterback, let alone they can't get people to come there. You know what I'm saying? They, Jadavion Clowney just flat out said, I don't want to go there yeah. in the trade. They can't draw nobody in. Like So that's, you know, I think like it's a more appealing situation than any other opening that way. Unless like, the you know, one of these teams that are good, like just get rid of their front office for whatever reason and, Maybe they looking for somebody, but I don't think that you're going to find a more appealing job than Jacksonville right now with the circumstances is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just think it's just a fractured relationship that's need, that needs to uh, – that's pad beyond being fixed, although it looks like Jalen going to play this week. The rumor has it he's flying with the team, so – We'll see how that goes. But, I mean, he's made it clear he still want to be traded. He'll yeah. play, but he wants to be traded. That's yeah. the issue. And if it, nobody, if he doesn't want to be there, then you shouldn't keep him there. You know, you don't want a disgruntled player. But right. we'll see. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of The Back Show to Fade. Uh, I am James Johnson. This is Josh Sampson. Uh, again, you can follow him at Johnny Assassin on Twitter, me at SportsGround underscore Dunn on Twitter. And you can find our podcast, The Back Show to Fade on the platforms of iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. So any closing remarks? Let's see. I don't think I have any. Oh, I guess I'm I'm surprised to see. I'm amazed to see what's going to happen uh, tomorrow, you know, NFL. Yeah, see it's, gonna it's, have, it's an interesting week. Yeah, see what's going to happen with the Bills, who are 3-0. and <laughs> Josh Allen is slowly becoming my favorite, one of my favorite quarterbacks. I mean. I can't stand him, man. Okay, but it's interesting though. Like, yeah. don't they play the Patriots, right? I think so. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah I want to see that. Uh, but yeah, what else, my man? We got Giants got the Redskins. You know, that's always a crapshoot. I, I don't know how we're gonna move without Saquon, but you know, I guess we'll figure it out. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be an interesting week to say the least. Um, for me, of course, I'll be covering the Jazz. They're trying to reach five hundred. They're one and two. They could be two and two if they beat the Denver Broncos. Again, rumor has it Jalen Ramsey is flying with the team. Maybe that'll help. Um, we get to see more Minshew mania, hopefully. I don't know. Vic Fangio might have some up his sleeve, man. But uh, is, is Melvin going uh, playing? He's back. I wouldn't. I'll, if I on just a punt guessing, I wouldn't say he probably gonna play because he just came back this week. They yeah. probably ain't gonna throw him out there immediately. Mm-hmm. They probably give him a week off. But um, it depends on who they playing too now. If it's a cupcake team, they might just – they definitely will give him off to get it, like, you know, to get – make allow him to get his bearing straight. But I believe they're playing the Raiders this week. I'm not sure. Let me see. The Raiders. Uh, oh, they're playing the Dolphins. Yeah, they might hold him out then. That might be a practice game. <laughs> you seen the Dolphins meme with uh-uh. the Dolphin outside of the – you know, their logo – the dolphin is outside of the sun. Like he jumped, he's jumped out of the sun and they say, I'm going to head out. <laughs> it's like, they say that's how bad it's gotten with the dolphins, man. Oh. It is. I mean, Fitzpatrick probably, or Minka Fitzpatrick probably forced his way out of that. I mean, I would too. They, you know. Right. I mean, uh, they ain't got no, I mean, they. I don't want to say they don't have direction, but like who's cool with tanking? You know what I'm saying? Like but, as a player. This is even worse than you know, remember the, when the Browns went 0 and sixteen or the Lions went 0 and sixteen. Mm-hmm. It's like they weren't trying to go 0 and sixteen. No, they were playing their hearts out. Yeah, bro. they were trying to they were trying to get a win yeah. with the Dolphins, man. It's just 
when the that's I remember when the Dolphins, not Dolphins, the Lions got that win on that season. Uh-huh. Like they were going ballistic. Like they fans like, no, we're not gonna go on. Like, well, they they did go on sixteen. You talking about the next year? Right? It was one year they were about to like go on sixteen again, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And they avoided it by one game or something. They might have won one game this yeah. season. But yeah, like that's a hard mentality to have and accept as a player. You know? Yeah, I don't know how Fitzpatrick or uh, Rosen is. I wouldn't. That's just a Jesus man. Yeah, that's embarrassing, man. It is. It really is. And um, they are, they doing it just for two. Like I mean, of course, if they get him, of course they'll start trying to win games then. But still, Which I, I don't know if two is gonna be the answer either. To be honest with you, like, it's I, more than him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, even then, like I just, you know, Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, I know two is. Yeah, I don't trust him to be honest yeah. with you. I, don't, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, for the sake of like, if you look at a draft board and how he's fared and what he's done. Yeah. You can rank him, but I, I, I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't he at make, all. He does. He makes a lot of backyard throws, and I don't. You know that works in college, but you know he does have four NFL NFL ready receivers too. But yeah, yeah, two of might not even be. The, they might be need to look more so towards Herbert or Eason. Eason. Or, or, yeah. I don't know. Maybe even from. I don't know. But <laughs> I thought you were about to say Franks. So I was like, boy. <laughs> Don't disrespect me like that no more. I got a higher IQ than that, a way higher IQ than that. But, <laughs> but um, you as hear, I said, man. You hear what he said when he was on camera against Miami? Yeah, he, I heard what he, he said. He do this. Which, if I do this, if you mean throw picks directly to the opposition, yeah, you do this. Yeah. And you do it well. Yeah. I mean, but. Screen. Let, don't get me started, man. I oh. I pump. get on him for thirty minutes, dog. <laughs> he pumped, he pumped, fake the receiver and threw it to the defensive back. We watched that game. That we broke that film down. <laughs> Come on, man, really, <laughs> really. But yeah, like I said, I'll be covering Jags tomorrow. Uh, so tune in to the Jaguars Wire for us as we take on the Denver Broncos. Yo. And uh, we'll be doing some podcast work, of course. Me and Josh linking up. Uh, we'll be doing some work. We'll try to link up with our buddies from the Wait For It podcast as well. I know they want to do some stuff with us as well. So, uh, Buddies is a strong word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just cooked them online too, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, that being said, uh, this is the Back Shoulder Fade, and me and Joshua Sampson are signing out. Did you did you go on the Apple, uh, on the Apple page and read our review? I left one on Phil's. It's quite hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna read it right now. Wait for a podcast. The AARP podcast.